Welcome to the Fantastic Magic Center. I'm Kent Cummins, and I'm going to share the real secrets of magic. Two weeks ago, we talked about the JSPR, the Junior Society for Psychical Research. And one week ago, we had a conversation in which we introduced Saul Ravencraft. In this week's episode, I would like to see what Saul Ravencraft thinks about the JSPR. So if you haven't heard the last two episodes, I invite you to go back and listen to them. Or if you did listen to them, feel free to listen again. They're not terribly long, nor is this one, but I think you'll enjoy some of this perspective. Some of it's even spooky. I happen to know that you listened to last week's podcast episode on the JSPR, the Junior Society for Psychical Research. Indeed. Which was basically a few teenage boys, high school teenage boys, who were trying to figure out if there was anything to this psychic phenomena stuff. And we were particularly interested in Dr. Joseph Banks Rhine, who used the term parapsychology rather than occult or psychic phenomena. We were perfectly happy to go look for ghosts because Hans Holzer, the ghost hunter, was popular. And of course, we had read The Search for Brittany Murphy, which talked about reincarnation. So just teenage boys looking for all that stuff, but you're making your living with some of this kind of stuff. So Saul, what did you think of the JSPR? Wow, yes. So I'm not afraid of the word occult. <laughs> A lot of people are. Occult simply means hidden. So if you know how to make tamales from scratch, you have occult knowledge. If you know how to edit a Windows INI file, you have occult knowledge. Yes, indeed. If you know how to make sponge balls jump from one hand to another, <laughs> you have occult. It uh, has been used to spookify a lot of things, but really it is about the people who are deeply curious and who ask the inconvenient questions and go digging into all kinds of strange little places. And some of it is generally very spooky, but not all of it. And it's certainly not to be feared by someone who is open to knowledge and experience and exploration. It's a great word to hide behind if you think that you are in control of the universe. <laughs> <laughs> now, having said that, I love your story about that. It's one of the things that I found fascinating about your curiosity about the paranormal is not something that you wear on your sleeve. I never would have guessed that you would have such a collection of books on the occult and the paranormal and such hidden away behind the doors here yeah. in your library. I was going to say that uh, if you come visit the Magic Center, you can see these books, but that's not true. I mean, it is true because I can open the doors. <laughs> but yes, while I have literally thousands of books on magic and related arts displayed and organized to the extent that I'm able, 
all of the books on spooky stuff are behind closed doors because, frankly, there are a few people that are offended by them, and I don't need to offend people unnecessarily. Well, and some of those people get very angry, and they make instant judgments. True. Uh, based on the fact that one would even explore. Wow, what a small way to look at the universe. But the thing that I really loved about the Junior Society for Psychical Research and what led you to it was that you had some connection with spiritualism through your family. Right. You got to see it for what it was. It's not some big looming community that is out to defraud and deface the world. It is largely a group of nice people that are really focused on this idea of life continues and that we're supposed to connect and we want to connect and that that's natural, not really different from many other religious perspectives. And that was my experience completely because as a kid, I would go to my Uncle Vernon's church, which was a spiritualist church. And what I found was not that much different from the Episcopal Church <laughs> right. because my grandfather was from England and Church of England was the family religion. Now, the Episcopal Church had more ceremony because they were bigger and had stained glass windows and choirs and an organ and music and whatever, whereas my uncle's church was quite small in a borrowed building, I think, with some folding chairs. Right. So it was a different experience in that sense. There was a lot more magic to the Episcopal Church than there was to the Spiritualist Church. Right. But I had that experience. Certainly it wasn't anything spooky or scary. Later, after I grew up and I helped my uncle with a, a couple of his conventions, I got to know people from a different perspective, but the experience was the same. Just a bunch of caring people who had similar beliefs that were spiritual and who got together to share those beliefs. And that's equally true of Southern Baptists or Jews or Muslims or Unitarians or any other group. All right. And so I think that background gave you an advantage in approaching these ideas because you really were approaching it from a position of curiosity. You had a background that showed you that this was not something to be countered exactly, but to be explored. That makes a big difference. That's what I hope that all explorers of the paranormal do is they look at it as a, as a set of possibilities to be explored. Yeah, we, we weren't trying to prove that things were wrong or that things were tricks. We were just trying to figure out what happens if I take a shuffled deck of cards, look at it one card at a time, and stare at you, and you're staring at me, and you write down what you think the card is. I'm not doing a magic trick. You're just trying to see if you can pick up on my thoughts. And it's a wonderful, wonderful way to do it. I think that you all certainly had a lot of fun exploring these things and encountering these things. And you weren't trying to do anything specific to the world. You were just trying to encounter it based on the 
Now, my personal perspective is that some of that approach to things is not necessarily going to be helpful about how you encounter the paranormal. Because I think encountering the paranormal is a very human thing. Right. And that it is not something that can be measured the same way that you measure seismic activities or humidity or other kinds of things that we measure and record for scientific observations because it, it is a human thing. And so the human is the instrument. The human is what encounters and measures these things. And I don't know if it can be. Well, and since we're talking about how you encounter some of these things, I want to say some things about astrology. We were teaching a course on pseudoscience at the University of Texas. We talked about astronomy is a science and astrology is a pseudoscience because astrology is a bunch of mumbo jumbo. It's not based on actual observable scientific uh, exploration. And then I met Gina Lolly, who became a dear friend and who was an astrologer, and she took my course at the University of Texas, and we loved each other anyway, but because she had a sincere belief in what she was doing, which I respected, and I had a sincere belief in what I was teaching, which she respected, but our beliefs were not the same, and I remember from uh, when I was a kid, and I used to look at the horoscopes in the newspaper, Carol Ryder, and I think Carol, I think, was a guy, C-A-R-R-O-L-L. I'm, I, I don't even remember now for sure, but I remember there was a little line that said, the stars impel, they do not compel. What you make of your life is largely up to you. And I always took that as a bit ironic. You're supposed to look at the horoscopes to see what your life is and what's going to happen, but what really happens is up to you. To me, that was a wonderful way to describe astrology or psychology or anything else, because I do strongly believe that what we make of our lives is up to us. But the whole thing of sincere beliefs and respecting each other's, even though they may be very different, is something I would like to see more. Well, and I go back to Joseph Campbell on that, because he talked about so many different avenues of understanding and that they were different and you weren't intended to take them literally or to judge someone else's version of them based on your own, that everything was rearranged and you need to just keep the finger pointed at yourself as you dealt with that. I see that as a version of having respect for other people's journey on the path. And everybody's journey is different. Yes. And I know that because I was a magician, even as a kid, uh, I was teased, bullied in some cases, because my journey was so different. And I wasn't professing to be a real magician. I just had an interesting hobby, but it wasn't on the football team. It wasn't you know, one of the accepted hobbies which just seems so strange when I say that, but I, I know it was true. And now Saul Ravencraft 
starting from a community of magicians is in a different kind of a community with a different way of looking at what can still be show business, what can still be theatrical, and yet quite different from what a magician would do and different from what some of the famous mentalists did. Well, one of the things I say very often to people, which gets different reactions in metaphysical circles, is I say, I got involved in all this to prove it wasn't true and went way down the rabbit hole. So careful what you wish for. And that is sincere. I've gotten deeper into things like astrology. I've worked some astrology myself, and it wasn't what I was told. The same is true about a lot of things when you get into these metaphysical areas. It's not what I was told. And I will bet that your experience with the JSPR, did I say that right? Yes, the Junior Society for Psychical Research. Was that you may have been given a cynical version of what you were supposed to find in these areas, but you allowed yourself to be open to what they were. And you explored them, and you came to your own conclusions instead of working to affirm one way or the other. And that is really what happened to me on my journey. I quit trying to be a debunker. I quit trying to be an opponent. And I started to explore it sincerely. And some of the things that I explored began to resonate in ways that I didn't expect. I had practitioners of this kind of stuff point out to me ways that I was doing things that I didn't realize that I was doing because I just wasn't programmed to observe them in that way. When they pointed it out, I couldn't help but agree. I know some people will armchair quarterback this and say, (laughs) well, if I had been there, I could explain to you why you're all wrong. But I just started to observe strange coincidences more and more often. And honestly, that's what magic is. Things just falling into place the way that you need them to. Well, I used to teach a class, I guess I still teach it, a class at the University of Texas, which I called the psychology of deception. Six weeks, eight weeks, hour and a half each class. It was a lot of material. I remember that. And mostly I was showing from the standpoint of a magician how we are fooled, not just at a magic show, but in every aspect of our life, how we are fooled in politics, how we are fooled in sports events, how we are fooled through marketing, and how these different places in the culture use the same kinds of techniques in many cases that magicians use to fool you in a magic show. The difference is that when you see a magician in a magic show, he says, not out loud, but he says, I am a magician, I am going to trick you, I'm going to fool you, ha ha. Mentioned the, it's fun to be fooled, That was the name of a campaign for Camel Cigarettes back in the early, early 1930s. And their slogan was, it's fun to be fooled. It's more fun to know. Camel Cigarettes published the secrets to how magician stuff was done. And I mentioned that recently in a podcast episode that I call Secrets. 
I'm Kent Cummins. Join us next time for more tales from the Fantastic Magic Center. And if you'd like even more information, well, join us on our website, fantasticmagiccenter.com. Kent cannot preserve the secret legacy of magic without your support. Start today by going to fantasticmagiccenter.com and clicking the red Join Our Patreon button. <laughs>